This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude, good to go to. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Dan Potts from the same old Arsenal podcast. This is our preview of Fulham versus Arsenal, the beginning of the new season for Fulham. I'm excited, and I'm actually really excited that I was contacted by Dan because uh, Emilio is going to go on his show, and Dan is now with us today so we can get a proper preview of the first match of the season. It has come very quickly for Fulham fans, Dan. How are you doing for Arsenal? And again, we're going to talk a lot about Arsenal to begin with, obviously. Uh, So just uh, give me your opening thoughts about the beginning of the new season. You must be excited. I'm excited massively, Russ. Um, First of all, thank you for having me on. Much appreciated. Um, Always a pleasure to come on any opposition fan podcast. But as far as we're concerned, just in football terms, we haven't really had that long of a break, it seems. It only seems like I was watching the Champions League final not so long ago and now the season's starting already. So it is kind of uh, we're straight back in with the action. But listen, I'm a massive football fan, so that's fine by me. Um, As far as Arsenal are concerned, we we had an atrocious season in the league, but it got to the stage where we finished okay and on a bit of a high with the FA Cup and the Community Shield win. So let's hope that Arteta can continue what uh, what is magic because uh, he is a bit of a magician at the moment. It seems with the uh, getting results with this with this side, in my opinion. So there we go. Well, that's great, and we'll be talking about Mikel Arteta in just a bit. But let's talk about you said you've been watching a lot of football. Well, so have I. So let's talk about Arsenal winning the FA Cup and the Community Shield. What a great way to 
transition into the new season. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I watched both matches and uh, Arsenal looked very good. Yeah, we did. And I think it's something that Arteta has done over the coming months and that's install a lot of confidence and, and just kind of pick and lift the team up. And he's proven that we can win these big games, which in the past, Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery struggled to do. You know, we would never have any confidence going into a game that was against the top six side. And what we managed to do in this FA Cup run was to go away to Sheffield United and pick up a victory, which was never easy. Then go to Wolves away where we lost 3-0 last year believe it or not. And we managed to pick up a victory there. And then we got into Wembley stage. And it's just something about that stadium that we seem to do well in this competition. It's just, we've won it 14 times now. And it just seems to me that there's some belief whenever we have to play at Wembley. And beating Manchester City was one thing, but to then go and beat Chelsea in the final and then come back and beat Liverpool, it it really is quite uh, unbelievable. And I know that it was on penalties, but looking at the game itself, we had the better chances against we Liverpool did. and to pick the FA Cup and the community shield up is is amazing to start this this new season under under Mikel Arteta. So really excited to see what the future holds for this club. Okay, excellent. So let's now talk about Arteta. And before we talk more about him, I want to just talk about the difference between him and Emery. So let's just start there. And then you could talk about Arteta and what he said, you, you call them a, a magician. So obviously things are going well. But I really want to know the difference between the managers. So the difference between the two managers is one word, communication. <laughs> Arteta, Arteta's communication is outstanding. And I'm not just talking about his English being good. I'm talking about he speaks so many different languages. And the one thing I will say, Russ, about him, especially in this lockdown period is, what we've seen is we can hear the managers now if you don't listen to the crowd noise, that is. And I can hear him shouting at Danny Sabas in Spanish, talking to Kieran Tierney in English, and then shouting French to all the French guys as well. That, to me, is an outstanding achievement on its own. But the understanding and the respect he's had for these players has just lifted everybody in the dressing room. I don't care what anybody says. These players in this Arsenal team down tools on Unai Emery. Unai Emery was clueless in certain tactical positions, yes, but... The players were not behind him. They'd lost faith in him. You could see on the pitch, they weren't really interested. Baku was the final straw for me against Chelsea in the Europa League final. Favourites to win it, didn't turn up. Players not interested for playing for the manager. And straight away, you could see the team lift when Arteta had come in. And that amount of respect for a young coach is quite uh, complimentary to him. But also, he's learned off of a fantastic coach. I think in terms of the difference between the two of them, Unai Emery has a lot of similarities in what he's trying to do uh, for copying the kind of style of Pep Guardiola and everyone says Mikel Arteta, but he's not quite got the experience of it. I don't believe Unai Emery. I think the job was quite big for him. He did really great with Seville, great records with the Europa League wins. And I think that was what uh, even Gazidis was kind of uh, pinning his hopes on was that we're going to win that Europa League under Unai Emery and move on from there. But I think what happened was a lack of respect in the dressing room, lost the dressing room. And the difference with Arteta is he's just picked it straight back up. And um, I think that what we've got now is a, is a happy future because we've got a manager who cares about the club, understands what it's like to be a captain of Arsenal and understands what it's like to win for Arsenal because he was lifting that community shield in the FA Cup as a player and now as a manager. So I think it's exciting for our future 100%. Okay, excellent. I've got a bonus topic that I just didn't prepare, but I'm just curious your view on, okay? Yeah, sure. And it deals with ownership. I've, you know, again, I'm just curious your view of your owner because I've heard a lot of talk over here. I'm, I'm here in America. 
So let it rip on your ownership. Uh, I, I can't swear on here, no. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so Stan, Stan Kroenke, as far as I'm concerned, um, I need an owner that cares about Arsenal Football Club. Right. And Stan Kroenke doesn't care about Arsenal Football Club. And to be fair, in his defence, he's never come out and said that he has or hasn't. It's quite clear that he never has. He's more interested. We've just seen a massive deal for the Rams. We've just seen a four billion pound stadium they're trying to put up for the Rams. And you yep. sit to the situation of be excited because we signed Pepe on a seventy-two million deal that's worth five. He goes for, runs for five years, and that's idea of being excited apparently for Josh. As far as Josh and Stan Kroenke are concerned, yeah. What we need Kroenke to do is to help us out because we're in a situation where we're paying a Champions League wage budget on a on a team that is not Champions League quality at the moment and hasn't been for four seasons now. So we are going to get ourselves financially in trouble. And I think what Kroenke needs to do is show that he cares by showing some ambition, not just keeping us afloat every year, but by showing some ambition by saying, look, don't go and sign Pepe over five seasons for 72 million because really that's spending 25 million a year or not even yeah. that. Let's go and say, what does this side needs? This side needs a Sol Campbell and a Patrick Vieira, and it has done for 15 to 20 years now. Yep. Go and buy the two players you want with this 120 million or 150 million, and I'll sort the rest out and we'll loan you it for the next couple of seasons. But Kroenke doesn't have that ambition and that love or passion for Arsenal. So that's what's frustrating for fans to see. And I yeah. think the other thing that gets frustrating with Stan Kroenke is the fact that he's been quite kind of quiet and they call him Silent Stan. Fans <laughs> like the, the owners to be... They, they're like the owners to care about the fans. And Kroenke, I don't think, does care about Arsenal Football Club or the fans. And that's what's the most frustrating thing. I certainly understand that. I, I can just say that uh, I believe that the cons really do care about Fulham Football Club, even though they own the Jaguars. And, uh, I, you know, and again, in, in Tony Khan's case, he actually ha has a wrestling organization as well. And somehow he seems to find a way to spread himself through everything. But I can tell he cares. And I certainly know that Shahid Khan cares. And uh, they're willing to do what it takes to put foam forward. And again, they're investing in the club. They're investing in a new stand for the stadium. I mean, that's a lot of money that, that they're investing. And then they've never shied away from spending money. And that to me is, it's twofold. Because when I talk about the cons compared to the Cronkies, it's about showing the money because you want a, an owner that shows money. But it's something else that you just mentioned. You want to know that they care. The cons care. And I'm sorry that you don't get that from Kroenke. And that's unfortunate because Arsenal shouldn't be second fiddle to the LA Rams. Sorry, they should not be second fiddle. And to treat it that way is just wrong. And uh, I, I just wanted to say that. Let's move on, my friend. Let's talk about this player. Now, I just want to tell you this. I got a good friend that's a Chelsea supporter. He actually does a very popular podcast called The Byline. And he has this love-hate relationship with William. In fact, I would call it more hate, uh, to be honest with you, because he just felt that he just wasn't good enough for Chelsea. Paraphrasing Alex, his name's Alex Goldberg. But whenever I've watched William, I've actually thought that he has been a very good player for Chelsea. I think he's a very good addition for your side. Yeah, I must admit, this is a player that um, I don't want to be too hypocritical when I say this, but we have bought some washed up players over the years at Arsenal that have <laughs> kind of come to the end of their tether. They come to the end of their season and we're buying them to try and get the ends out of it. We've done it with Lichsteiner. We've done it with Petacek. We've done yep. it with David Luiz. And now we're doing it again with William. But what's different about this signing for me is two things. One, he's currently still performing for Chelsea because right. this season he was great. 
But also, he's fed into the Arteta way, and Arteta wanted this player. And that's the one thing I've said all along. I don't care how much we actually spend on players. If Arteta wants them, I want them to come to Arsenal. Because for me, he needs to be given that chance and fit into this philosophy. And I think Willian will do that. We've got this Brazilian link coming on at the moment. We've just signed Gabriel. We've got Willian in. We've got David Luiz already and young Gabriel Martinelli, who looks fantastic. So for me, we've got some Brazilian stars that are going to be performing at Arsenal now. And let's see what we can do with that. With Willian, he can play in certain positions off the flank or through the middle. And I think Arteta sees him as a future for the club for the next two to three years. And he's selling him the dream. So Willian could be a good signing for Arsenal. And he's not one I expect to play every week. But when he does come on, he does give 110%. And I think that all Chelsea fans would admit that he has been a good player for them over the last seven to eight years. Even my friend, even my friend now, after all the complaining, will say that. But it's, but the uh, back and forth with him and William, just, it made me laugh. It's been going on for years, Dan. So that's why I just had to bring that up. But yeah, listen, fair let's, enough. let's really get into talking about the match. So let's start here just talking about key players for Arsenal against Fulham. So when you look at this match, again, it's so strange because I don't know what to expect. I have an idea of what to expect from Arsenal because of what you've uh, accomplished so far. But so in your mind, what what are key players uh, for this opening match of the season for Arsenal? I think the obvious choice is Aubameyang. There's a lot of strong rumours coming out that he's signed for Arsenal now for a three-year contract, which is going to put him on ridiculous wages as close to Mesut Ozil. So that would probably skint us even more. Uh, but we'll see. He's such an important player for us. He is by far our best player. He scores all of our goals. He consistently performs. Um, and it doesn't matter whether he's coming off the flank or through the middle. Um, Aubameyang, for me, is... Um, it is going to be the, the one that can cause your, your defence some problems. The other player I will mention, there's two actually that were really impressive in Project Restart. One of them was Kieran Tierney. Um, yep. A lot of players I've spoken to that were, uh, sorry, a lot of fans I spoke to that were Celtic fans uh, were gutted when he left. They said, well, you've got a hell of a left back there. He's going to be fantastic. One of the best in the world, let alone in the Premier League. And his injuries really didn't start off too well. And I was thinking, oh, well, not another kind of injury prone player here. He has been my favourite player in Project Restart. Kieran Tierney has been so consistent. He can play in a back three. He can play left wing. He's got amazing crossing ability. Great at whipping the ball in gives 110% and actually looks like he cares. So for me, those two will be dangerous. And the one that if he is fit enough to play that has just come back from Real Madrid on loan, Danny Ceballos in Project Restart was so consistently good. He gives you energy, drive, passion, desire, hell of a tackler, wins the ball, little terrier, moves forward with energy, and he's got a great range of passing. So he could be a re- cause a real nuisance in the middle there. So they're the three for me that I'm expecting to continue to perform uh, for Arsenal, I'm hoping. Okay, great. All right, let's look at strengths and weaknesses for Arsenal. And I just want to get your thoughts on it because, again, I've watched Arsenal a bit more since uh, Fulham been relegated. I have, for whatever reason, over here, I've watched a lot of Arsenal. So I kind of have an understanding. But for Fulham supporters, you know, again, I'm sure many are, are very familiar with Arsenal. But just in your opinion, strengths and weaknesses heading into the match? If I was looking at weaknesses for Arsenal it is going to be all about our defence can leak goals and it doesn't matter whether we play three at the back or two at the back two at the back Fulham would have a field day they would uh, or more of a field day uh, certainly and um, three at the back we're a lot we're a lot harder to break down David Luiz is actually a very good defender as a back three back two 
hopeless, got so much of a liability in him, you know, he's always got a mistake in him. But when he's got two either side of him, actually, he helps guide them through, and I think he's been, he's been great. My weakness, the weaknesses will certainly be there. The other weakness is our right-hand side. Uh, Bellerin's had a lot of injury problems uh, and can be got at, and there's rumours he may even be leaving and going over to, for another challenge himself. Um, and Pepe's very predictable on that right-hand side. Pepe is a player who has a lot of ability and skill, but if he's not playing centrally, He's nowhere near as dangerous. And the right is very predictable cutting in on that left and uh, on that left foot uh, and coming in. So that if I was Fulham, I'd have to be attacking Arsenal's right-hand side um, and know that you're always going to have a chance of Arsenal making us a mistake at the back because defensively over the years, we have proven that we are error-prone. Okay, well, I'll be curious to see who's our left-back. We actually brought in Anthony Robinson from Wigan. And, of course, he's, you're probably very familiar now with Joe Bryan scoring his two goals. So it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the left back. But let's move on because I really want your thoughts on Fulham heading into this match. What what did you make of, um, I don't know if you had a chance to see the playoff final and thoughts on them heading back to the Premier League? Um, the reason I'm going to say it's well-deserved is because I didn't see it coming. If I'm honest with you, I watched a little bit of the championship when I could and I looked at the league tables and I thought to myself, Fulham are there or thereabouts, but it just seems that they haven't quite got enough for me. Scott Parker deserves a hell of a lot of credit because he's coming in. And right at the start of this podcast, Russ, I talked to you about installing belief and confidence yeah. in what Arteta has done. That's exactly what Scott Parker has done. And he said to this group of lads, you're going to go up into the playoffs. And they must have been sitting there thinking, this guy's crazy. We haven't got enough, enough here. And you've done it. And you deserve to do it against Brentford. I thought you were the better side. I know that it was a bit of a strange mistake from the goalkeeper, but it yeah. was planned. It was tactically there. It worked for you. Um, it was great from Scott Parker. And I think that you have got some players that I think can cause teams some problems. And I think that you've, you've, you've been there before. It's not like you're new to the Premier League. You're not going to go in there and think this is a big pressure for us. We've never been here before. This is a, you know, you're a side that's been in the Premier League over the history of the last 20 years, up and down, up and down. And you've been, been able to be uh, cement your place there. And I think it's well-deserved as far as I'm concerned. You've mentioned some players already. Um, I'm a big fan of two or three of your players. I really do like them. And I think that they could do a job uh, for many teams in the Premier League. So it's certainly not that you've got lack of quality there and you deserve to be there 100%. Okay. Well, what players concern you from Fulham heading into this match? You said you have about two or three that you really appreciate. Who are they? So for me, the one that sticks out was a hell of a handful to play against when you were last in the Premier League a couple of years ago is Mitrovic because yeah. he is just one of those strikers who you would not want to come up against. You know, he knows where the goal is, but he's a he's an ox. You know, he's strong, physical, dangerous, horrible to come up against. Right handful is what I'd call him. Um, one player that I would not want to be if I was a centre-half coming up against because he is kind of your equivalent of, say, a Diego Costa or someone like that. Yeah. It's just a nasty yeah. player to come up against, you know. So one player that I would definitely be looking out for at the weekend, and uh, I'm sure David Luiz, if he does play, because there's, there's rumours he may have a neck, neck injury now, David Luiz. Right. Uh, yeah, but um, if he does play, he'll definitely cause some problems, without a doubt, Mitrovic. The other couple of players, one I've always had admiration for, if I'm honest, and I never quite understood why he's not uh, made the move on to perhaps uh, one of the top six clubs is is Tom Kearney. Yeah. I think with Tom Kearney, he, he can control a midfield. He has a, an un unbelievable amount of technical ability when he wants to have it. And the thing with Tom Kearney that I love is he kind of actually tends to give a shit when he plays. Yes. Um, and I love that about a footballer, you know, someone who gives 110%. So that's a player I've always had admiration for. Um, and the last one that comes to mind 
as far as I'm concerned, is a player that's kind of been at a few clubs over the last couple of seasons. And I've always thought great pace, some ability, looks dangerous and threatening on the attack, um, is Anthony Knockhart. Yeah. And I think with Knockhart, what I like about him is he's got that drive and that desire to get forward. And he looks to be trying to make something happen, even if it doesn't come off. And I always respect players like that. So as well as Michael Hector at the back, who I think is an absolute beast, um, I yeah. think you've got yeah. some real good you've got some real good players there. And I think Fulham should be excited to see what Scott Parker could do this season. Okay. Let's move on because I want to know how both teams win this match. So let's start with Arsenal. How does Arsenal win this match? Taking our chances. Arsenal have to take our chances. And we've been guilty of not doing that over the coming uh, uh, season previously in the league. You know, we've had three or four chances against Brighton, didn't take them, ended up losing the game 2-1. And that could happen at the weekend if we don't take our chances. Um, We need to defend well and we need to take our chances because on paper, with no disrespect to Fulham, of course, we are the favourites to win it. So we should be winning this game and taking three points. And I think that Arteta knows we have to get off to a good start. But the only way we're going to do that is by taking our chances. As far as um, as far as Fulham are concerned, it's going to be a completely different ball game. But Arsenal need to take their chances, and they should win this game. Okay, let's move on to Fulham. I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. You're the full manager, which you probably don't want to be, but I'm just just for the sake of the show. What would be your strategy against Arsenal? You talked about the right side. Of, being vulnerable, would that be where you would be looking at? And how would you approach it? What would be your tactical plan here against Arsenal? So my first my first thing to say would be would be three things. It'd be soak up pressure because Arsenal are good with the ball. You know, we yep. know that. Everybody knows that. Soak up pressure. If you're not going to give Arsenal the chance to get close to your goal, let them have the ball. Let them have the ball in their own half. Let them kick around with it. Let them play out from the back. But pressurise each of them. And when it gets to the front, the back line, um, to put that pressure on that back line and just soak up the rest of the pressure. Then what I do is I'd say, bully them. If you bully Arsenal, you'll piss them off and you'll get more and more chance of them slipping up. And that's what I would say for tactic number two. And my tactic number three would be, whether it's Canot Cart, whether it's Ryan, whoever whoever it is playing down that left-hand side, make sure you give you're all down that side because they are weak down that, that right-hand side. Left-hand side, I've mentioned already, Aubameyang, Tierney, you know, Saka if he plays. They've got some great, we've got some great players down our left-hand side. Right-hand side, a little bit lopsided, a little bit imbalanced. They'd be the three things for me. And do you know what? It doesn't matter if Fulham only have one chance in that game. You take one nil all day long. And well, if you're cool. stoking up that pressure, you've got the chance of doing it. So that would be the way I'd go if I was Scott Parker. Okay, I want to go back and talk about Aubameyang because this is a player that I've admired for a very long time going back to his time at Borussia Dortmund. How, how do you contain him? Because he just seems very difficult to contain. I'm just curious your view because every time I watch him, he's just so dangerous. He is massively dangerous. And unfortunately, by having somebody with that of that kind of ilk, Sometimes people put two men on him. What that then does, he's good enough to then use the, the his ability to not just get past one of them, but then spray that ball to someone yeah. who's not being marked. So it's easy to say put two men on him. I think for me, what you've got to do is not allow him time. Don't allow him time on the ball. Because if you do, like we saw against Liverpool, Nico Williams was a, a kind of young fullback that had just gone into the side. He just backed off and backed off and let him shoot and he scored. And that's what will happen on at the weekend against anybody, you know, not just Fulham. So for me, it would be keep tight and do not let him drive forward towards the goal because he's unstoppable at times. He's that good. Okay, excellent. All right. 
before I get your prediction and I'll share mine as well, let's do our starting 11s. Give me your starting 11. Well, it's going to be interesting this one because of fitness and lack of injuries and stuff like that. But I think it's clear at the moment to see that Martinez is the number one goalkeeper. And there's a lot of rumours that he might be leaving. So I'm going to say that Leno is going to play in goal. And the reason I'm going to go for Leno is because I think there's too many rumours of Art Martinez leaving and wanting to go to play first team football. So I don't think that Arteta is going to stick with him because I think he'll be going. So Leno for me in goal. I think the back um, the back line will actually be um, Bellerin at right back. Um, I think the left back will be Maitland-Niles. I think that what will happen will be Kieran Tierney in the back three with um, William Saliba and Rob Holden because Gabriel, I don't think, is is quite ready. I think the the two in midfield that he seems to be looking to go with will be Danny Ceballos and Granit Xhaka, as long as Ceballos is, is OK to play, which I believe he is. If not, it will be El Nenny. Um, and then I think the front three he'll go with will be uh, Pepe, Aubameyang and Lacazette. That's what I expect it to be. He could play Eddie because there's Eddie and Ketty are up front because there's quite a lot of rumours that Lacazette, again, may be looking for a move elsewhere. But I think yeah. as long as everybody is fit and everybody is ready to play uh, for the weekend, which I believe they are, I think that is what the team will be. Okay. Uh, form's interesting because, again, they've had a few additions. But I'm going to call it conservative because Scott Parker is conservative. So I think he's going to go with pretty much his players from – the team that got got him through to the uh, – got him promoted. So I'm going to say he's going to go with Rodak. He will go with uh, Dennis Adoy at right back. This is going to be controversial, what I'm about to say, but I will say Hector. I think he's going to play Reem. I, I love Tim Reem. He's just not good enough for the Premier League. I actually said that on Sirius XM Counterattack last night to an American audience, and it's interesting because the response I got pretty much has been they agree with me. I have nothing against Tim Ream. He's he would be a weakness, Dan. If he starts, I would attack him right away. He just doesn't have the pace, and honestly, he's just a, a very good championship player. He's not a Premier League player. So, and at left back, I'm going to go with Joe Bryan, even though I'm tempted to go with Anthony Robinson. In central midfield, I'm going to go with Harrison Reed, who Fulham just got on a permanent. He was again very important to Fulham this season. I am going to go with Tom Kearney, and then I'm going to go with Josh Anima because the three of them work very well together. So I'm going to go with the three of them. On the right, I'm going to say it's going to be Abubakar Kamara. On the left, I'm going to go with Ivan Cavallero, and I'll go with Mitro up front. Now, I could be completely wrong, but this is just what I think they, uh, Scott Parker might do. But I hope to see Mario Lamina. I'd like to see Anthony Robinson. So I'm open for anything at this point. But uh, I'm just thinking that he's going to stick with the guys he knows, Dan. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, one player completely um, crossed my mind, which uh, probably is rightly so because he used to play for them up the road, um, is Onoma. Because I think yeah. that he's uh, he's been great for you guys. That was he's an outstanding a revelation, honestly. Absolutely brilliant. He looks something special. So that's a player that could cause us some problems. And Harrison Reed's a great shout. I know Southampton, he never really got his chance, but he's been quite consistently good from what I hear for you guys. So, um, yeah, great shout with that one. All right. Do you think he's good enough? It's funny. I have this argument with my uh, co-host, Emilio, who you'll be talking to. And this is something that you can ask him. Is Harrison Reed good enough for the Premier League? Because Emilio likes him as a player, but he thinks he's a player – 
that will help you not lose, but won't help you win if you understand his logic on that. I understand his logic, but what I what I also would put back to him is you need players like that. You exactly. need players who don't know how that don't, don't want to be losing, and that I will do that. <laughs> so for me, I think he's got all the all the opportunity at his feet now to show why Southampton made a mistake in yep. in selling him to you, and um, and let's hope he does that for you boys because I think he's got potential. I really do. Okay, great. Let's go to predictions. And if you're watching live and you want to share a prediction, please feel free to. So let's go to predictions, Dan. I'll start with you. What, what is your prediction for the match? I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. Um, and the reason I'm going to do that is because I feel that Arteta will be looking at defending well. And I think that we've got one of the best informed strikers in the world that I think will cause you defence problems. So I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic, remain optimistic and go 2-0 to the Arsenal. Okay. Very interesting. It's funny because I've been giving this a lot of thought and um, part of me actually really thinks that I'm very scared for this match. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I, I am concerned about this match. So I am going to go two nil to Arsenal and uh, just be, for a couple of reasons. One, I think Fulham again, really are just coming back. It's been what a little over a month since uh, the playoff final, I think it's a very difficult transition. And I like how Arsenal have been playing, basically playing through everything, you know, again, with, with the FA cup and now the community shield, you're ready. I don't know if Fulham can start off, you know, right off the ground running. And that's my concern. So that's why I'm going with two nil to Arsenal. And I'm sorry about that. That's just, uh, just my prediction. I, I've got some predictions that, that I'm going to share here. Let's go here. Julian Newton, my prediction sadly will be two to one to Arsenal. Going with you on that prediction. Ian Conway, three to one to Arsenal. I, I can't see us bullying, unfortunately, but you never know. Let's see. And this other comment here from John Nixon be delighted with a point for Fulham. Fingers crossed. I would be thrilled with a point, honestly. Dan, because uh, again, it's funny. We, the way I was talking to Emilio about this, anything that we get from clubs like yours is really a bonus. We're going to be making our run for the uh, to stay in the league by beating teams around us. But if we could get a point from you and dare I say all three, that's that's massive. That's being basically ahead of the curve. What are your thoughts about that? Because again, you you know you're a different side. You are a big club. If you're Fulham playing against Arsenal, would would you be happy with getting a point? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. On paper, if you're if you're not the if you're the underdogs and you take a point, that's a good weekend, as far as I'm concerned. And listen, this is a time to play us because it's unpredictable. You don't know how yeah. many of us are going to be fit. You don't know what the play, team's going to look like. And if there's any chance for Arsenal to slip up, it will be this game. So, yeah. you know, I'm confident, I'm optimistic, but Fulham should be as well. You know, this is it's not you're not going into this expecting to be a five or six nil thrashing. This is a this will be a, a closer game than people are, are putting themselves forward for. I think. Yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. All right. So we gave our predictions for the match. Let's give our predictions for our teams for the season. What is your prediction, my friend? Where will Arsenal finish? We've got to get back in that top four. And it's going to be very difficult because we have five or six teams now that are looking towards the same goal. I would not be surprised if we put all of our eggs into the basket of the Europa League this season. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of people said it was vital. We got into Europe and obviously winning the FA Cup, we did that. I think with the Europa League this season, 
there are a couple of teams that do look like they've got a great chance, but Arsenal should be actually our favourites. I think we're the seven to one favourites to win that competition. Yep. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went all out for that. Um, I am going to predict, depending on signings, if the rumours of Thomas Partey and Hossamoa are true, we have yep. a great chance of getting top four. However, right. I think Chelsea and Manchester United may just nick it in front of us. So I'm going to predict Arsenal to finish fifth. Uh, fifth. Uh, but I'm going to predict this to win the Europa League because I think that Arteta was so gutted losing that last season to Olympiacos, which was a crazy way to go out. I think that he's going to want be hungry for that competition and he knows it's actually probably easier uh, to win the Europa League than it is to get top four, which is a crazy thing to say. Uh, I think Liverpool, City, Chelsea and United have probably got just a bit too much for us, but could be wrong. Could be wrong. Well, I'm going to say that you're going to finish fourth and one of the reasons why I'm going to say that is your manager. I think you finally got it right. I think you got it right. Uh, again, I shouldn't say that with the Arsene Banger, but obviously in the end, it just, it, it was time to go. But I'm talking about with uh, Emery, you didn't get it right there. I think it just shows a difference when you have the right man to get the most out of the players. And uh, I think, again, the future is so bright with this guy. I'm talking about Arteta. You know, again, a disciple of Guardiola. I mean, can't do much better than that. So I think you're going to finish fourth. That's just my prediction. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because um, my friend Alex won't like this, but I don't think Chelsea is going to finish fourth. So I'll just leave that. Um, but um, <laughs> before I do my prediction for the foam season, I'm going to just share a couple more comments from the foam supporters. Deslin says, stat in 12 games against usual top six last time. We got zero points. One point would be marvelous. Listen, I understand that. I totally agree. And this is from Andy Donald. Andy, I was tempted to go with this, but I didn't want to come off as ultra negative. But I can understand why you went three to new, three to nil to Arsenal because that's kind of what I was going to do. But I chickened out. And I went two nil. But you know, I just I don't have a strong feeling for this match because of uh, form. I just I I just think that it's it's too soon for them. I just don't think they're ready. But we'll see what happens. So I'm going to end with my prediction for the season, and uh, I'm actually. I'm hopeful. I've been asked this many times, Dan, do you think Fulham will stay up? And I do think they're going to stay up. And they're, and I've been asked what position I said, 17, I, I, I don't care, you know, 17 or, or, or better. I just want them to stay in the league. Last time around, I wanted them to have this ambition. It didn't work because they tried to play like Arsenal. They tried to take it to the teams that, they really shouldn't have been doing. They they needed to adjust to the league. And Savisa, it took him way too long to adjust. He wanted to play the way that we play in the championship. Parker is a conservative manager, and I believe that he has the right mentality. And you and you've already said this, Dan. He's got the players on his side. It's it's a togetherness. You, you can't put a price tag on that. You have that now with Arsenal. I think we have that with Fulham, and I think that's going to be a huge difference throughout the season. So I'm going to say Fulham will finish 17th or better, hopefully, and I don't think they're going to get relegated. That's just my thoughts. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Do you think Fulham stay in the division? <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you what I think the bottom four will be. And this is crazy because people are still doing transfer business. So, of course, this can change. I believe there are two teams that are going to be in trouble this season. And I don't think Fulham are that team. I okay. think the two teams that will be in trouble, I think West Brom 
will be in trouble. Yeah. The reason I say that is because I think we've seen what Bilic can do. He's come into the Premier League before and it's not really worked out for him. None of their players scare me. I don't look at any of their individuals and think, wow, he, he, you know, that, that individual is keeping them up. I think West Brom will be, will be a goner. The other team that I think will go down are Aston Villa because Jack oh, Grealish is not going to stay there. Jack Grealish is not going to stay there. They can't defend. They've got no striker. They don't score goals. I think they're dead and buried. I really do this season. Uh, even if they keep Jack Grealish, they could still be in trouble. I really believe that this season. And the other team that I think will go down with them, unfortunately, is you guys. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that. Um, yeah. And the reason I say it is just because I think that although you have not perhaps got the best team uh, teams out of the rest of them with you. I think you've got the fight and desire, and I hope that fight and desire can keep you up. I just feel that there will be a time that comes towards a real tough part side of the season when the games are coming in thick and fast, and that may not be enough to keep you up. Um, I think Leeds have probably got enough to stay up because they've got a manager and a style that I think will suit the Premier League. I actually don't care about Leeds, if I'm honest with you, but a lot of people seem to love Leeds. Before we end the show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I think for me, um, you may just you may just go down um, in 18th. Okay. But listen, I hope I'm wrong for your guys' sake. <laughs> okay, great. All right, I've already been been uh, put on the spot here, so I'm going to share that. Name your bottom three, Russ. Okay, here we go. I am going to say Aston Villa. I can't stand Aston Villa, by the way. But beyond that, I just don't think that they're going to survive. And uh, I, yeah, I gain all credit in the world that they were able to do it. I've got Aston Villa. Second, I actually have West Ham. I think West Ham under Moyes, I don't think it's going to work. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, again, people might think I'm wrong on West Ham, but I'm going to put West Ham there. And the third team, I'm going to put Leeds United here. And I'm, I'm going to argue that this on, on Bielsa. I think Bielsa is a great manager, but I think Bielsa has one way to play and it's his way. And I see it similar to Savisa where Slavisa had his way. And uh, Bielsa is a great manager, but he runs his players ragged. And I think at the end of the season, I think it's going to catch up to them. I think Leeds United, again, everyone's touting them. Similar to Wolves, I don't see them the same as Wolves. I think Leeds United are going to go down. That's Those are my three teams, Dan. Fair enough. And it's interesting, the point about Leeds, you're right. There is no plan B with Bielsa. You're absolutely spot on there. And I think with Scott no. Parker, what he has the difference with with Fulham is he can get a team to play the way that he wants them to play. And he's proved that, which is why you're in the Premier League. And I think that he's got two or three ways that he can do that. So that's a great shout. And listen, I hope I'm wrong and you're right for your sake, without a doubt, because Fulham are a club that I like. So I'm more than happy with a London club doing uh, doing well that isn't Spurs or Chelsea. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Dan. Listen, before we go, again, thank you so much for doing this with me. Tell everyone how that they can listen to the podcast and also tell them who's going to be a guest on your podcast. <laughs> so if everyone would like to, please come and follow myself on Twitter. It's at DanArsenal87. It is going along the screen at the bottom, which Russ has put on. Uh, the podcast we're a part of is the same old Arsenal, um, which is at same old AFC in capitals. Uh, and we are going to have Emilio on the show with us tomorrow evening at seven o'clock to talk about Arsenal Fulham. It's a tactic show. It's called the uh, the same old Arsenal team talk, and it'll That's be myself great. and Graham Brooks. 
uh, doing a little bit of tactics about Arsenal and Arteta and then getting well into the Arsenal-Fulham game uh, from around about half seven. Amelia will be joining us there. So please come and join us over on YouTube at the same old Arsenal tomorrow for an Arsenal-Fulham preview. That's great. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this. Loved it, mate. Absolutely loved it. And uh, we'll definitely touch base throughout the season. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to come on. And thanks to everyone for uh, for welcoming me and yourself, Russ. It's been great. Okay, fantastic. Well, I just want to thank my special guest, Dan Potts from uh, the same old Arsenal podcast. And my name is Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to God. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.